Day two, hello songwriters, how's it going? Welcome back to the channel, to the School of Songwriting channel. Good to be back. I'm, I'm hyping myself, I was about to say I'm humping myself up, that's weird. I'm hyping myself up for day two on the School of Songwriting channel. And I was sitting this morning, I was thinking about how I could give you guys some value today. And I was thinking about how I got started as a songwriter because... I received no formal training as a songwriter. I received no formal musical education. I did get fiddle lessons. My mum got me fiddle lessons when I was 10 years old because I saw a guy who I'm still friends with called Sam playing his fiddle on the Royal Mile and my 10 year old brain thought that was just the coolest thing that I'd ever seen. So I asked my mum to get me fiddle lessons and she agreed and I didn't stick with the fiddle because Fiddle wasn't as great for getting girls as guitar, so I switched to the guitar when I was 13, 14. My mum ran a charity shop in Portobello and someone handed in a, a guitar, like a nylon strung guitar and a book of chords. I remember the book was called Bert Whedon's Play in a Day. And so I took that book of chords and the guitar up to the attic where I slept and I, um, I learned, I basically taught myself over a weekend, how to play three chords, G, C, and D. And I started to use those chords to write songs. And my musical education came in two parts. It came from my dad, and my dad was a guy, he was from Yorkshire, and so he just didn't like to say anything at all, ever. Qu quiet guy, what he did say was impactful, quiet guy, he liked to drive Sabs, he loved old Sab cars and he loved to find old kind of broken Sab cars and do them up and he liked to um, he liked to drive them around and he liked to listen to cassettes records in his cars so half my musical education came from my dad because I would listen to albums by people like Bob Dylan Jackson C. Frank Joni Mitchell um, uh, Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, stateside singer-songwriters, really great stateside singer-songwriters. And then my mum, she was like a child of the 60s folk revival. So my mum would take me to a lot of folk concerts and folk pubs from when I was a squirt, from when I was a little squirt. So uh, I would be sleeping under tables in these folk venues or you know I'd be sitting drinking lemonade and eating uh, crisps and listening to folk songs and that leads me on to what I want to talk to you guys about today and the little songwriting tip the little bit of value that I want to give you guys today which is a songwriting lesson that I learned from one of the best rappers of all time Robert Burns the Scottish poet and what I recall, being a, being a young one and being in those folk sessions, what I can recall very clearly was the amazing sense of imagery that was in all of those old songs and the amazing sense of imagery that was in Robert Burns' songs. And I think what's happened as times progressed, technology's progressed, and it's led us to a point where we're a lot more disconnected from our immediate world. As an example, right now I'm sitting in my kitchen 
and I've got an amazing view out my, out my kitchen window. I'm very fortunate, very blessed. I live in the city, but where I live, there's trees on, on both sides. My street is a tree-lined avenue and the back garden, there's, there's trees out there as well. So sitting in my kitchen, I have access looking out the window at, at these beautiful trees, at nature, right? But, but obviously right now, if you could see what I'm looking at, I'm looking at my MacBook, I'm looking at my microphone, I'm looking at my interface. I'm sort of plugged into the matrix uh, constantly. And I think most of us are in this day and age. Whereas in Robert Burns' time, if we wanted to process a thought, process an experience, say, say we were falling in love with someone, what do we do now if we're, if we're having big difficult feelings about, or, or big positive feelings about falling in love with someone? The first thing we probably do is go on YouTube, go on Instagram, Google stuff, you know, check out blogs. What would we have done in Robert Burns's time? Sat in a pub or sat in a field, looked at a tree, looked at the sky, looked at how the birds interacted, looked at uh, how, the, how the streams flow. So I think we were getting a lot of information in those times about how to process the things that we were experiencing as humans. We were getting that feedback from nature. And you can hear that in the language that we use in this day and age. It's always like, oh, my, my operating system, my machine. A lot of the language that we use to describe the processes that we're going through, the processes that we're experiencing are quite mechanical versus in Robert Burns time when we might use language like I'm in a particular season or the fruit of my labors, right? It, those, that language is a, is a clue to indicate what we were using as a means to process our own experience. I can recall being a little kid and Robert Burns in one particular song, a song called Westland Winds, he talks about falling in love, but he actually only gets to the part where he's speaking directly about his experience of falling in love towards the end of the song. And the whole song, or what was originally a poem, what's now a song, the whole piece and the lead up to him saying to his, he says to his woman, Peggy dear, the evening's clear. And, and at that point, that's the first point in the song where we hear him actually address his, his woman, address his lover, and address uh, the, the human part of the experience in a very direct way. Before that, he's talking about the rustling corn, he's talking about birds flying, he's talking about the field in view, what he can see, and, and he's talking about the seasons, right? But with this beautiful melody, the effect it has is it connects us to emotional states that we're experiencing when we fall in love without sort of directly pointing at them. That's really a big difference between like modern pop music and um, old folk songs. A lot of old folk songs will talk about nature and the world as a means to enhance a point, 
about humanity, whereas pop music will be very sort of visceral, very immediate, very based in I feel this, you did this, I did that, it's, it's, it's less universal. And so what I realized when I was a kid, and I, and I use it in my songwriting all the time, is that very broadly speaking, there are two sort of lenses that you can put on your songwriting. You have an I lens, as in I am feeling this, I am thinking that, or a you, that's a very direct lens, like you've done this, you've done that, you are this, you are that. I lens, I am this, I feel this, I think this, I want this, right? It's a very direct lens. And then a really cool way that you can open up your songwriting to a wider, broader perspective is the, just simply starting your line with the, the what, the, I'm looking at the tree right now, the tree is wailing or you know the tree is is weeping or the sky the sky is crying the sky is moving the sky is expanding the what the wind the wind is howling the you know so immediately right you can go from a verse where say you're saying i want you to stay i want you to be here I need your your love. I need you to come home, right? And then it could be that your verse two of your song, rather than saying more things in a really direct way, you could be saying, going from, from a statement like, I need you to stay. Your verse two could say, the wind is howling. The sea is wailing or, you know, do you see there how that can kind of give your songs a depth? Because a depth and also a broader perspective. Because immediately if you use different prefaces, like the or why is a great one. Some songs are question songs, like why, tell me why the, you know, immediately different to I am, I feel, right? Or uh, when, when will, when will I immediately takes you out of the, the direct statement of I. And what I tend to find, not always, and, and there's no, what I love about songwriting is there's no rules. What I personally tend to find is that what can work great is to start off a verse one with a more immediate sort of statement type preface like I, and then to use a the lens, use a the preface in order to open up a verse two, in order to open up a chorus. It's a great way to make your songs more interesting because if you're only approaching songwriting from an I perspective, you might be missing out on giving yourself the opportunity to 
frame your feelings using your environment and that can add a lot of depth to your songwriting. Guys, have a great day. I hope this has been interesting. I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has actually been useful. Take this stuff and apply it. Don't just watch this as entertainment. Take it away and apply it. If you guys want to work with me one-on-one, you can do that via a songwriting feedback coaching session. I've just released a course, which is a six-part course, and it teaches people who've never written a song how to write a song in under six weeks. These techniques are possibly a wee bit more advanced, but if you've never written a song and you're watching this because you're curious about learning how to write a song, this course has everything in it that you would need to do that. So check it out. Have a great day. Catch you soon. Cheers.